Hello, patrons! Welcome back to another patron-only mini-campaign. Better late than never, as they always say. <laughs> <laughs> but today we are going to be playing The Company, created by Logan Dean. Uh, you can find the PDFs. Uh, I found them on itch.io. They're under the creator name Megacorp, if you are interested after you hear the play. The Company is uh, for three to six players. Runs supposed to be about two to three hours, but we'll see how long we take. <laughs> Why take an hour when you can take five? Right? <laughs> well, I I think it depends what we're talking about here. But <laughs> 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 so in the company, it's 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 model off of like uh, like kind of a like an aliens feel. It's a uh, it's a horror sci fi ish RPG. Again, you could really use the system and do whatever you kind of want with it. But the, the the thing is that we all, the players, are, they work for this company uh, called Wuhan Baxter Company. It's like supposed to be like a play on like Wayland, Utani from the aliens, that kind of stuff. And the the team, the comp, team composition, they go out on missions and try to uh, achieve their primary objective. And they'll usually also have like a secondary objective. If you're playing campaign play, Achieving more of those objectives will give you more, basically, experience. But in this game, it's called Drive. And those Drive points are able to be put in to upgrade the skills for your characters uh, in the chosen career that uh, that you build, that you build your characters for. It is a D10 system, so uh, hopefully Bill won't get confused. And I hope he's put aside <laughs> the rest of the size dice, because we only need D10s in this game. <laughs> mm. I'm going to really shine here. I just, I've got a feeling. <laughs> Quick breakdown of how just the, the mechanics of it work. Uh, we're not going to go into every detail. We'll, we'll do that, you know, as we usually do as the game progresses. Uh, but just as an overview, if you are trying to make a skill roll, like say you are, uh, you're fighting and you have, you're, you're trained to level two in the fight skill. That means you get to add a die per every level of training that you have. In addition to any, maybe an item, like say if you have a, a rifle that may add two dice to your dice pool, very common in, in these types of systems, like whether it's a D6 like End of the World or Paranoia that we played before for you, you're building dice pools to try to get successes. And in this game, a 10 on the D10 is a critical success, 8 to 9 is a normal success, and a 2 to 7 is a failure, and a 1 is a critical failure. Crits give you plus two successes, Crit fail is uh, plus two stress and a burnout roll, which is we'll get to. But very similar, again, to the end of the world, there is a, a stress mechanic. And the stress needs to, it's something that needs to be managed and keep, kept in mind. But basically, if you fail rolls for every die you fail, you're going to be adding stress to your character sheet. The other main mechanic is the burnout. Uh, you, at any time, the, the GM could call for a burnout roll for a specific character or maybe the entire team of players. And they roll a d10. If they get lower than their current stress number, they burn out. So obviously the higher stress you have, the easier it is for you to burn out. You then add the, d the d10 roll plus your stress number and apply it to the chart, the effects of which, if they come up in game, we'll go over then when they occur. But that's, again, kind of the two main... Like over the, the 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 tension ratcheting effect of of the game is what the burnout chart 
is supposed to supposed to be. Okay, I mean, geez. I again, I don't want to sit here for 30 minutes going over going over every little rule like we just kind of did <laughs> with each other off mic. But let's give a mm-hmm. let's give a little more background to to the actual game set. Welcome to the Wuhan Baxter Corporation. You are joining a proud tradition of innovation, invention, and manufacturing that dates back over 300 years. You are part of the Asset and Containment Division, ARC for short, ARC. Welcome, new employees. Thank you. Thank you kindly. <laughs> uh, hi. Hello. 300 years, that's, that's longer than uh, Maxie's been alive. Uh, uh, could could you repeat that? What 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 was the arc stand for? What what, what was what was the words? Uh, you said asset and what? Asset retainment. Oh, uh, retainment. Thank you. I have to write that down. Uh, shoot. But I already knew that. Asset recovery and containment division. Oh frick. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> As part of your new employee introductory, you get a bit of company history. Date back all the way to 1676. Jonas Baxter returns after being lost at sea for 17 years with a strange ship full of riches. He founds the Jonas Baxter Shipping and Acquisitions Company in Crestmouth, England. 1780. The Baxter Company becomes the richest company in the world by shipping arms and supplies to both sides during the American Revolution. Expeditions are launched to find what Jonas Baxter had called Avenues to Glory. The first legacy projects are launched. 1822. The company buys into and improves upon emerging industrial technologies and applies them to its operations worldwide. The Echelon device is discovered floating above the Atlantic Ocean. 1908. A company-sponsored archaeological dig discovers Site 55B in the Andes. Legacy projects and avenue expeditions are combined into the research department. 1964. The Pyramid finishes its 112th sequence. Head of research Crenshaw's device is able to stabilize the gate, causing the first incursion. Security teams at the Pyramid facility hold the line. Arc Division is established in the aftermath of the Pyramid facility incident. 1982. A number of prominent emerging technology companies unite to form the Wuhan Consortium. 1984. A consortium, alternative energy experiment, breaches the veil. Representatives from the Great House on the Hill meet with consortium board members and establish the trust. 1993. After competing for years in numerous industries and clashing over more esoteric endeavors, the Baxter Company and the Wuhan Consortium announced their merger. WB becomes one of the largest corporations in the world overnight. The board is reseeded and the trust updated. Which brings us to our present day. WB has its fingers in virtually every industry worldwide, including pharmaceuticals, munitions, gene therapy, alternative energy, and entertainment. The company's holdings span the globe with operations on every continent and a presence in nearly every country. Finally, as part of your introduction, it's time for each of you to choose a career in which you will specify and hopefully excel at on your missions. Let's start with Emily. 
What's your career? And explain, tell us about your employee. <laughs> I am named Inara Oswald. I uh, have gone to school for many years to be a medic. I took also some you know, basic training classes. So yeah, I, I have some skills in fighting, but very limited. Mainly I'm the medic. I'm, I have this patch that my mother gave to me when I graduated from school. It says, good for health. That is my motto. You do what I tell you because it is good for health. And I point to the badge that's on my chest. John, who is your employee? Uh, I am the scientist, Maximilian Sharp. I uh, have a number of uh, degrees. I didn't get finish all of them, but uh, most of them I, I, I was bored in college most of the time because the professors really didn't know what they were talking about. So... Uh, I, I'm self-educated for the most part, but I do have the uh, <laughs> degrees to uh, to back that up. Um, but I do have a number of certificates, and I have a large box at home that has all of them, uh, of course, alphabetically organized. So yeah, I I, I, I can pretty much figure out about anything. I, I'm pretty confident uh, in everything that I do. Just ask me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You didn't say your name. Yeah, I did. Maximilian Sharp. Okay. Uh, yeah, you, you you call me Maxie. Most people call me Maxie. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even get through it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do have some medical issues, but we'll not talk about those until they become relevant. <laughs> Phil, who's your employee? <laughs> I am playing Cecil Knobs. Uh, Cecil is a technician. Not all that well-liked by most people. Um, it's hard to say if it's because of his smell or his physical appearance or generally just his social awkwardness and um, tendency to blurt things out at the wrong time. But if you need something hacked, you need something tinkered with, you need something repaired, Cecil Knobs is your guy. And... Finally, last but not least, Elena. My character is Alex. She's a soldier. Basically, what matters about Alex is she's going to take the hit for you. She's going to be throwing the punches. She's going to be engaging with the threats, utilizing her tactics. She's got a gun. She's got a knife. And she's got a dented flask. <laughs> I don't know. Had me, roll a, had me roll a D10 for a personal effect. <laughs> that is what it is. Excellent. So standard, I think I mentioned before that um, this this can be utilized for campaign play. So standard character creation is you choose a career like our our four uh, employees have, and you assign two drive points into your skills. So drive, kind of touched on before, it's it serves as many different things. It serves as like your ex experience for after. Uh, missions again a way to level up your characters you can also use it if you have stored drive points you can use it in game to add dice to your dice pools you spend it to rest during missions to heal yourself up uh free of free of stress it's used it's based it's used for for um, like everything so standard setup you assign two two of those drive points into your skills there there are uh, a list of primary skills that each career already comes trained in on the first level, basically. 
And then there are also some career skills. And as you build your dice pools, you, you, you know, you, it's like you make your case for those dice pools. Again, very similar to a lot of systems that have dice pools to apply the skills that you think uh, you could utilize in that certain situation to give you more dice to obviously increase your chances of succeeding. In addition to the uh, drive points spending for your skills, you choose one perk. There are two perk lists. There are general perks, six general perks, and then each career comes with three career perks that you can choose. So you either choose one perk, you choose one perk from either one of those lists. That's the standard normal setup. Now we are doing a one shot, obviously. So I've gone ahead and I've enhanced the setup a little bit. So what we've done. Enhance. I know, I thought that too. (laughs) We've given, I've given everybody six drive points to spend. And they get to choose one perk from both of the lists. So, in addition to spending drive points on your skills, you could they could have potentially also spent three drive points to get an additional perk. We will go over we'll go over the perks that you all chose and kind of an overview of where you put them. But let's say, for instance, uh, again the the first in the PDF here is the soldier, which is which is Elena. So the soldier immediately comes with skills of body fight and sneak so they already have the first of the three tiers checked off in 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 that in those skills so they're any skill that they have to do that in, involves sneaking uh, the body skill or the fight they already add one dice to the that dice pool now the the body because um, that's kind of a strange skill but the body there's body and the dodge those are what you use to defend. So if you're getting attacked, which is obviously you would use the fight skill, as you're the defender, you can choose to use your dice pool and build it from your body or your dodge skill. That's just, again, loose overview of combat, which I'm sure we're going to get to in the actual play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but each career is meant to specialize in something. So the soldier, their job mm-hmm. is to engage with threats to protect arc team and survivors and to utilize tactics to minimize team casualties. One of the many ways in which the uh, employees can accumulate stress is if a player, an employee, fails a check that's involved with their job. It's what they're good at. If you're So in the case of Elena as the soldier, right. if she fails a fight or combat role, the entire team will take a stress. Or sorry, other employees will take a stress. Because they're seeing the person that's supposed to be the expert in this particular task failing at it that is stress-inducing during a mission. So, uh, Elena, why don't you tell us which uh, perks you went with then? I um, I spent points to make my body skill uh, second tier because the perk I took is bodyguard. And the perk bodyguard, I can interrupt an attack roll before the defender rolls in order to direct the attack toward myself. And then I make that defend roll. So sort of like trying to defend other people, I figured I should have a body and or, what did you call it? Uh, dodge. dodge right. But I already had a point in body, so I put it, I, I made it second tier with body. Um, and then the the rest of my the rest of my points, I went into the general uh, perks, 
And I have Deadeye, which gives me plus one fight when making a ranged attack, which I have a gun. And then I got Q, sorry, CQC, dyslexia. Um, and it gives me plus one fight when making a melee attack, like an attack with my knife. So basically anytime I combat or fight, I have plus one ranged or melee. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, you're just, again, we, I, uh, I recommended during the, when we really kind of hashed out what was happening off, off mic. I, I think this game, it seems to me that it really stresses like being good at what you are good at or being great at what you are good at, right? Excelling where you are trained to excel. It's, it's very important, I think, uh, in this system. So yeah, it seems like you went heavy into fight. I mean, you literally are the tank. Uh, because not every career comes with any type of training in either body or dodge. So people are very squishy. <laughs> people are very squishy. <laughs> right. I have um, I have the most hit points, I think, or health points. I have five health points. Yeah. Um, and then with the one last drive, since we decided we probably won't be resting, I did put it into dodge just in case in a scenario dodge makes more sense than using my body to shield the hit or something like that okay. i don't know if it matters but next i'm just going in order of the pdf here uh the scientist which is john's character so the scientist their job is to recover company research data specimens or prototypes other team members get stressed when they fail at research or science roles so john why don't you tell us what perks you grabbed and kind of where you spent your points so I, I took, from the general, I took a consummate professional, which gives me a plus one drive when performing your job. So uh, that gives me one extra die to add whenever I'm doing anything that's relevant to what I need to do. I also took the perk Company Scholar. You're well-versed in the company's ongoing research. Add plus one to any role to learn about the current project. And then we had six points to spend, so I upped every one of the uh, the skills that I had already started with, with uh, level one, tier one. And I made those all go to tier two, which is research, search, and sneak. And then with my remaining three points, I went up and took an additional perk, uh, Mother of Invention, which once permission, the scientist can spend 20 minutes to develop a simple device or concoction that can perform the needed service once. So that's sort of our Hail Mary in our back pocket in case anything really goes wrong and we're all going to die. Um, <laughs> we won't need that. Nah, but I did spend all my drive. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll see what happens. My awareness is is only one, so we'll we'll see I'm I'm we'll see how that plays out. Okay. I like it. Uh, next, Medic, which is, of course, is Emily. So Emily's job is to ensure the physical well-being of the team and any survivors. And, of course, the team will take stress if Emily fails uh, first aid or medicine rolls. What you got, Em? What'd you take? I took uh, from the General Perks Survivor Anxiety. Once an hour, I can push a dodge roll at no penalty. Thought that might be good just to get me out of the way of things. For my personal perks, I was tempted to go Sawbones, which would have given me a plus one checks made to remove limbs. But that almost seemed to be, what? you know, asking for that to happen. Right. So I thought maybe the better thing would be to go pharmacist. All first aid kit and pill effects are doubled. And I mm. do have a, first, a field bed kit and painkillers as my starting gear. Uh, I also put um, into my skills, I upped my fight, my first aid, my search, and my medicine skills. 
I spent all of my drive. I have nothing in reserve. I'm in this to win it. Yeah, ma'am. You all are coming back alive. <laughs> well done. Addicted to pain pills, but alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so you brought up pushing roles. So I may as well explain that then. So uh, pushing a role means, you know, a, a standard uh, with with most RPGs is, is there's a there's going to be a, a difficulty level that's set on any challenge, skill check or challenge that a player is going to be doing. So if the challenge is, say, like a two, if you need two successes to succeed and you only roll a single success from your dice pool, you can push the roll, meaning you can bank that success and then re-roll your dice pool, excluding any additional dice that you may have added using drive or there are two other ways to add dice uh, to take a uh, lose a health point or add stress to yourself. Those additional dice don't get added to the push roll, but if your base pool of dice is two based off your skills, you can re-roll those two dice, hopefully getting that second success you need to succeed. But any stress that you would incur on those rolls are doubled when you push. Of course, Emily uh, is would, with her survival anxiety, avoid the uh, additional stress, the doubled stress, when she dodges, which is probably going to come in handy. <laughs> There's going to be some color. Yeah. <laughs> we do not have an engineer, so engineer is the fifth career choice. And I guess I'll go over what the engineer is supposed to do. We're sure they would be on the mission. But their job is to protect and or repair company assets and to utilize infrastructure to accomplish goals. But we don't have an engineer, so that's a moot point. <laughs> but our last career, the fifth career, is technician, which, of course, is what Bill is. Bill's job is to bypass digital security protocols and to utilize digital assets to accomplish goals. How did you make your character, Bill? So I took your advice and spent my skill points in things that I was already, or sorry, spent my... Um, drive points to beef up skills that I already had some uh, ability in. So I increased my hack from one to two, increased my repair from one to two. I already had a research. I just left it at one and I increased my tech from one to two. I also took the perk uh, drone friend. So I can use this to uh, scout ahead, access systems and traverse dangerous areas. And the second perk that I took was the same that John took, consummate professional. I get plus one drive when performing my job. Right. And so the way the team takes stress from you is if you fail at, if you fail hack or tech roles, which when, right. when that consummate professional mentions your job, that's what it's referencing. It's referencing those, basically those two skills, because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're meant to go out and, and, and accomplish during a mission. So I'm hoping that Cecil Nobbs is going to be have a very, very high chance of success because he's leveled up those two skills and also has Consummate Professional, which gives him an additional plus to those. In addition to, you know, your, the skills that you come with, every career does get uh, some equipment of which, you know, when they come up in game, we'll, we'll go over what they do. And, and the, the equipment will always add dice to your dice pools in this game. Nothing will ever modify, like in Dungeons and Dragons, nothing will ever modify the actual role. Anything that, anywhere it says plus or minus, it's always referencing plus or minus a die to the die pool. 
obviously there there i mean if you burn out there may be instances where you have to subtract dice from your dice pool which is obviously not great so that's a, again where that stress management comes into and i think really the final aspect of your characters we didn't really touch on is is their aware skill which isn't necessarily important exactly what to list out what we have but just generally the aware is basically the initiative of this system the way a round of combat works it is broken into rounds and turns again much like dungeons and dragons everybody including like the you know the the employees and whatever they may be fighting makes an aware check so you if you have two if your aware level is two you get to roll two dice it works the same and reads the same as your skills you roll 2d10 and add the number together and then from highest to lowest that dictates the initiative on a player's turn they get to choose two of the three things to do they can attack they can move or they can take an action an action is going to be composed of literally anything else that they may want to do any interaction with something in the environment or uh, using some type of uh, some of their equipment they may have it's very generalized it's just an action if they're attacking then they use their fight skill that's the only skill you use to attack is your fight. So again, you if your fight is two, like which is probably going to be three or more in, in Elena's case as a soldier, she's going to have three potentially more dice in her dice pool to try to get an eight or higher, which is, again, the, the range of the successes. So it's it's difficult to, to get successes on the D10. Then the defender is going to either choose to apply their dodge or their body roll. Dodge is exactly as it reads. It's them trying to get away from whatever strike or shot or, uh, you know, act of violence is coming towards them. Body is more representative of the way they can they can basically take that hit or, or, or shoulder off a hit, uh, that kind of thing. So thematically, they're or mechanically, they're the exact same thing. But I suppose thematically, there are a few differences. And I think the, you know, where someone may be trained in either of those aspects also plays into more thematically rather than mechanically as far as the careers and that kind of stuff goes but they serve the same purpose so if elena as the attacker rolls with her dice pool of three two successes then the defender needs to roll two successes to negate elena's successes if the defender fails say if the defender got zero successes they would take two damage and lose two life and that's simple combat like it's literally that's as simple as it mm -hmm. gets and then the round, if once everyone is gone, once everyone has taken a turn, the round is over. And every round, we make an aware roll. So a very unlike Dungeons & Dragons, your initiative is not set. Your initiative, you set every single round. There are effects. Um, there, was a, there was a perk that Bill potentially could have taken to be able to cause somebody's aware level to be zero, to become zero, which obviously would have taken effect uh in combat should that have come up but there may be other ways to uh, adjust someone's aware role or uh, either increase or decrease potentially i i mean honestly i think that's it i think we could probably just move on to the actual mission briefing for all of you unless there are any questions any additional questions that any of you might have or things you think we might have forgotten to point out what is that smell i'm definitely uh oh Oh, um, I'm just going to step over here. Sorry. Yeah, you know what that smell is. Move away from Nobby. Cecil Nob looks, looks around as though he is very confused about what she's talking about. <laughs> well, you may find you have to get used to that smell, Anara, as you will be traveling to an underwater research facility. 
One day ago, we've lost contact with the Eurydice facility. Their particular research is above your pay grade. You are not cleared for that information. But you must travel there. You can utilize the Orpheus platform, descend to the 20,000 feet, and dock with the Eurydice. Your primary objective, recover the four personnel keys. As this site maintains a three-month three month shifts, four staff members each. They each carry their own specific key. The staff on their current shift includes Dr. Zed Yang. They are the facility administrator. Dr. C. Lagotti. They are a field researcher. Along with Dr. J. Shively, also field researcher. And finally, Dr. K. Astoria. She is the field support specialist. Secondary objective includes the rescue of any personnel and the collection of specimens that they deem important. You will be on a clock, as you will have seven hours to fulfill at least the primary objective. Ideally, both. To secure of the, the specimens and the scientists themselves, unfortunately, becomes secondary, but the keys would retain any information that would be pertinent to recovering anything that's going on at the Eurydice facility. Do we know what these keys look like? It's a simple, not not your standard key, obviously. It is more of a, an electronic interface. Each of them should be wearing around their neck. When you get to the facility, there is, there is tracking of, of the keys. If you can access the correct terminal, you will be able to locate them quite easily. In addition to uh, cameras and the key tracking, the facility is equipped with intercoms, which you will be able to make contact with the other sections of, of the Eurydice research facility. You, utilizing them. Should there be any damage to the station, you will find there are utility con conduits uh, in addition to the bulkheads which you use to traverse from sector to sector. You, you'll be able to utilize the conduits if you need to. Uh, if you were to utilize those conduits, uh, basically it's, it's again another kind of stress mechanic it's for this particular mission as we are playing the mission that does, did come with the system itself. So this is a pre-made pre Thing. But if you were to traverse by those conduits, it would induce plus two stress to you, just FYI for you. You have seven hours to fulfill the primary objective and initiate your ascent before a storm comes in and cuts off any escape viability for an additional five hours. I presume there are no questions. Orders received, sir. No, now I got it. No problem. <laughs> uh, there wouldn't happen to be you know, like v valuables on board that need retrieving every human life is valuable that would we be company save as property. many as we can well well yes yes of course but nobby in addition to the humans receive your orders oh no 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 orders are definitely received just the yeah. only valuables we care about are the personnel and specimens sure These sure keys yeah yes i agree alex let's go save us some people all right sissies you can board the plane to the Orpheus platform and take the sub down to the facility. Another major component of this system is every mission has a, a mission clock. This particular one, you have seven hours. Now, the, the, the amount of time passing is public knowledge, obviously, to all you players. And th there may be, depending on the mission, there may be a different, any number of, like, tracks or, or timers that 
basically is managed by the GM, right? If you look, I have the timer up here for each of you in rule 20. So they're, they're broken into every hour is broken into 20 minute segments. So that's when like some of your equipment references, you can do it in 20 minutes. That's that it literally, that will advance the mission clock by that amount of time. Mm. Okay. So keep that in mind as you, you know, if you're exploring this facility and making decisions of where to go, if you have maybe a forking path, for instance. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we never have those. No. Keep in mind, I didn't, I didn't write this, this, this mission. So <laughs> if there are a forking path, I take no responsibility for any amount of forking paths. And maybe not <laughs> okay. I mean, and, and that's, that's really character creation. It's pretty that easy. Like the, the pre-generated characters, they literally have, you know, like 90% of, what you would need, probably more like 95% if you're playing it in the standard fashion, right? No question. So is everyone everyone cool? Everyone on board with exactly what you need to do? Get in, character creation is good. Yep. Yes. I think so, yep. Okay, it's unanimous. Uh, well, that was character creation, patrons. So a little bit of a short one compared to some of our other ones, but I think this whole play might be a little shorter. As again, the system is supposed to play in about two or three hours right on a mission. So let's 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 go. We'll see you next episode. Let's go. <laughs> Bye.